Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us, the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the one and only Gene Glenn. He was a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, played um, professional baseball for a long time, come out of Mankato State, and then uh, was a coach for a long time in big. How long were you a coach in big league baseball, Gino? Uh, Seventeen seasons. Seventeen seasons. What was your first job? Who hired you for your first big league job? Uh, Don Baylor and Bob Gebhardt in Colorado. Sure, and Gebby had a connection to Mankato, right? Right on. Yeah, Geb lived in Mankato. Went to Iowa State. Uh, grew up in western Minnesota. Lamberton, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sanborn, Lamberton, and then left the Expos where I first went, and he was the guy that got me uh, in baseball. But then he left in 80, at the winter of 86 and came to the Twins yeah. with Andy McPhail, and you guys, the Twins won the World Series in 87. Yep, the, the, the famous line where uh, uh, at the end of the year, Gebhardt says, we were just trying to get the damn thing organized, and we ended up winning the whole thing. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny about that year. You know, he knew Jeff Reardon from Montreal. Oh, sure, Jeff because he had the Montreal director. connection, yep. Yeah, and then that's how Al Newman got there. Sure. And Sal Butera ended up there, he, yep. who I was playing with in AAA that year. Um, he ended up in Minnesota. So that connection with Geb leaving Montreal and coming to Minnesota led to, you know, there was another pitcher, too, that came, I believe, later on that they got, but. It slips my mind right now, but I know those three guys came over. But Reardon and Newman, like right away that winter during spring training or in a trade that winter. Now, now, what was the connection? Because didn't didn't he get a number besides yourself, Mankato State players into the Montreal system? Uh, Joe Leppo was yep. a catcher that went into the Expo system. Just ran Mike him recently, yep. Yeah, Mike Carroll played in the minor Mike leagues Carroll, for a little yeah, while. Mike played against Mike in uh, Town Ball. He played at New Ulm later, but yeah, he, he's the hockey coach now down in Gustavus. Yeah, and he was the baseball coach for many mm-hmm. years at uh, Gustavus. Uh, Jeff Shugel did not sign. He was with the Cubs. I think that was the only other. The, us three, I think, were with Montreal. And I'm not exactly sure if Geb got all three, but uh, he was around at that time, you know, living in Mankato in the offseason. And wow. uh, so I think he and Dean Boyer, too. And they used to run a camp, a professional baseball camp in the summer there. I didn't never attend it, but they were all uh, pretty close around there, so they knew the area. Lots of good baseball talk for sure. Now, Gene, what's it like to be a team uh, that's contending for a division title when you get to August? The trades have been made. What's a vibe like in, in a clubhouse when you get to this part of the season? I don't think there's anything better because yeah. you put yourself in a position in July to trade for players, which they have, especially when we're talking about Minnesota now. 
but any place I've been, when you're in it in July, and people sometimes say, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and that's true. But if you don't start well, you're not adding to your team in July. You're actually selling. And to anybody out there that added good players and pitching, uh, they played really well the first half or over half the games. To get in a position where their ownership and front office knows that if they add some key guys, that this could be an exciting, uh, even though it's exciting, it could be an impactful year for the organization. But to your point, I mean, the, the year that you made the playoffs when you were on Paul Molitor's staff, it looked like you were out of it at the trade deadline, according to some, and they traded Kinsler and some, some good players and didn't expect mm-hmm. the resuscitation uh, that came about that, that, that led you to to a one-game playoff in New York, correct? Right, but if, if you remember that year, um, and I'm just going back, but you take Polanco, Sano, Buxton, and Kepler, and Escobar, I don't know if you... Them five guys came on, and especially, I think, Buxton, Kepler, Polanco, and Escobar. Them guys came on, and it, you couldn't have traded Rosario in the mix, too. You couldn't have traded for players that would have excelled like they did the last two months of that Good season. Good point. They were just hitting their stride. They just they stepped up, and these guys got hot, and they were impact bats you know, at the end of the season. And I, I don't know if you could have traded for anybody that would have come in there and done what they did. That's a great point. You so know, one he, day I was sitting out there with you, you talk about Polanco, and he's young in his career, and he's playing shortstop for you. And, and I asked you, you know, about some of the players, and, I, and he said, watch this kid, Polanco. He's got soft hands and light feet, the two things you need for a middle infielder. Uh, I would add to that, um, I mean, and I don't know if it was there when you saw it right away or if it's evolved as he's become a veteran, uh, but every at-bat, he competes really hard, doesn't he? I mean, I mean, he's not. A, if it's three and two, whatever, he will battle you in every at-bat. He's, yeah, and you've seen it, Mike. I know you did, but Jorge is one of those just true baseball players that is good in the first inning just like he is in the ninth. You know, it's not going to change who he is by who he's facing or – it's a one-run game or a tie game. And believe me, those are the players that are out there. And I'm not saying there's not more talented players, but this guy is really talented with a great makeup and mindset to compete both offensively, defensively. And to me, he was a really heads-up base runner. Um, I'm just glad. he. You know what? He became what we were all hoping because he's a great guy, number one. And uh, he's a... Just that he's grown into be that real stable and steady player. Yeah, Sano. Obviously, you know people. Maybe, I don't know if people remember this or not. When he first came up, it it was it, it was a comment, man. He he the way he hit when he first came up and got called up in the midst of it. You know, it's a little bit forgotten because the season wasn't going that well. Uh, and obviously, he's seen his ups and downs ever since. What did you see when he came up, and, and what do you see now that holds him back? Well, I thought the number one thing he had was his bat he hit to all fields he hit for a decent i mean a nice average and he didn't have to try and hit home runs it just happened when he made good contact because how strong he was um he was a serious worker he wanted to get better at third base Um, we all knew that he was going to be an impact bat with his power but we didn't know how how many home runs he'd hit because i don't know we just liked that he hit but Sometime, somehow over the years, you know, and players do that, they get so caught up in home runs. Um, 
Sometimes they just swing and miss too often trying to make that one at bat, you know, be a difference in the game. But I don't know. I just thought he was a real nice third baseman. He's one of the best guys coming in on a ball, you know, a slow roller and throw the barehanded throw it across the field, just like Vinny Casilla was in Denver. And God, this guy just had, and he still has, you know, it's just a lot of potential with an impact uh, ability to change the game. Um, Eddie Rosario at that time too. I remember going being down in, in minor leagues when when uh, uh, he was coming up. They talked about Sano and him, and they and they said you know they talked about the grinders versus the naturals, and they and they put Sano and and uh, Rosario in the latter because they said it just makes a different sound when he hits the ball, which is uh, an old <laughs> saying, right? For people, if it makes a different sound, you got something special there when you can swing the bat. Uh, but but he had some of that as well at that point in time. And he, I, I see he just had uh, he had a big game, big week last week for Atlanta, so he's still. Around and doing well, but 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 did, did he have that that certain swagger, that certain something too? Eddie was always special because he believed in himself so much. Mm-hmm. He was just overflowing in confidence. Now he'd make you pull your hair out once in a yep. while because he ran around, he ran around the bases like his hair was on fire. But you, and you really never knew what he was going to do. But he always knew what was going on in the game. Eddie was a very intelligent, good player, very talented, but. You know, I credit Joe Leppel for his success in the minor leagues and getting through because um, Leppel was always behind him, pushing him. And when he went from outfield to infield and back to the outfield, um, no matter what Eddie was going through on or off the field, you know, they had his back because they really seen something special in him. And you know what? He grew up, he is that type of player and baseball people see uh, an impact guy there both on both sides of the ball and really as a base runner too so you know this guy's like a five tool guy he hits for power hits for average he throws he runs you know he fields and you don't think of that but he's doing it every day now buxton if if we could see him healthy for a whole year what were your interpretation of him when he first came up and, and, and what do you see right now in terms of what he could be, what he might be? Um, how do you forecast a guy like this? Well, to answer one of those questions is when we see Buck, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the game and maybe one of the best, you know, with his build, his speed, the type of heart he shows you on defense in the outfield. And a lot of those injuries are because of 100% effort given um, – even if it's running to first and maybe tweaking a hamstring or a calf or something. But, you know, he's just electrifying. He's he's so much fun to watch play. And I'd almost rather see him run down a ball and throw it than, than be at the plate. Mm-hmm. But yet he's he's grown into a, a hitter with, you know, we know he's got big power. And I remember that day in Toronto, he hits like two home runs. And I think he had another hit. We're going on to the, you know, down the stretch for the playoffs and, Believe me, he was one of the, the most impactful guys on that team at at that moment in time in that season that it was just so exciting to watch. So when you've seen Buck play day in and day out for not just a series, but maybe like three weeks to a month, you know how special he is. So if he stays healthy, who knows the numbers that he might put up. But the greatest thing about him, too, though, he impacts the game in so many ways. It's not just one-dimensional, and, you know, I look back, you know, them guys, a lot of those guys were drafted when I first came to the Twins in 12, and then shortly after, or already there, but 
they really did a good job when they drafted that that nucleus of guys to have such a variety of people in different size and shape and athletic ability all come together at one time. And you remember, Mike, there was a few times we actually started nine. We started nine Minnesota Twins that were drafted by the Twins in the big leagues. Yeah, it was an incredible stat at that time. Yes. In fact, it would be an incredible stat because you never see it anywhere. (laughs) I know it. And, you know, you could go as like Maurer and Dozier and Polanco and Sano and maybe Rosario and, you know, Buxton, Kepler, Garver maybe was catching at that time. And who knew who was on the mound? But even if it was Gibson or Barrios or someone before that, it could be Perkins at the end of the game closing it, you know. So there were times in there that I think what everybody wanted to do in baseball, Terry Ryan and his group, and, you know, it'll happen again somewhere. But I hadn't seen that hardly anywhere I had been. And to really recognize that, uh, to see nine guys start in the big leagues that were all drafted by the same organization. Because some – Sometimes players get traded and they come through the system and end up starting. Right, but they were in the minor leagues, but they got traded in the minor leagues. Right. They weren't drafted by that team. And here in Minnesota, the vision they had, they knew and they developed them. And by God, they got that same year that we ended up going to the playoffs with multiple times we started nine guys from uh, the original drafted Twins Gene, I know you get asked this question a lot, uh, and it's changed a little bit this year because the ball's not traveling like it did a couple of years ago. Uh, but do you like this swing for the fence, this all-or-nothing approach, or, or do you like the get them on, get them over, get them in? Well, I think, like I said earlier, I think the recognition of a guy, how he can impact the game, you have to give him that freedom. But it's also about all of us, not only the you know, let's say it's 25 guys on the team. It's the staff. It's uh, the fans. It's the ownership. When it comes down to winning a game, you'd like to, you know, and I come from that kind of maybe the older school, even though I'm I'm thinking of older guys than me that might not even be here anymore, how they pass this down. But when players used to recognize situations and be able to execute to help you win a one-run game late, God, that, that was as much fun as a guy hitting a home run. Uh-huh you know, to win the game. A guy maybe get a single or walk and a pass ball, he goes to second, we move him over, and the next thing you know, you might even squeeze him in or just a sack fly wins the game. Uh, but we used to give credit to the person that actually executed a fundamental to make it all happen. And you could be 0 for 4 and actually get a guy over from second to third late in the game and feel like you truly helped win that game. Last question, if you knew a kid that was 20 years old and they'd just been drafted and, and maybe they're you know 195 pounds and they, and they can go one or two ways, they could, they could stay at 195 and kind of be sleek and athletic or they can go up to 215 and swing for the fences and try to get through the minor leagues that way, what would you tell them? Well, I would tell them, make sure you be who you are first. Try not to be somebody else. And that I've seen guys try and gain weight and hit more home runs. Well, if you're a good hitter, be a good hitter. If you're a power guy, you know, go ahead. But I, I would tell them, believe in yourself like you have. You've proven to everybody what kind of player you are. And you're going to get better. So keep up with the competition and 
don't give in. If your power comes, fine. But if not, you're going to make an impact in the game somehow. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. All right, Gino. I hope I see the state amateur tournament. You know, next week they're they're honoring all the former MVPs of the amateur tournament, and your buddy Greg Odegaard and his son both won it, and they're going to be at a big banquet, and Terry Steinbach and Jim Eisenreich, and it sounds like it'll be a real who's who of baseball names. Oh, I got to get. I got to. I didn't know that. I'm yeah, yeah. You, you get a hold of Odie. He'll he'll tell you, but it's in Fairbowl next week. <laughs> How about Lou Olson? Is he in that group? Did he, he ever win be, an MVP? He, he might be in that. I don't know if he won an MVP or not. It's hard. It's hard I, I don't remember who won. You know, I remember great players, but I don't remember who won MVPs and who didn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, you got to be on that list, Mike. I should have been, but uh, we lost in the first round. Otherwise, I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Right. I sure miss you, though. I miss all the yeah, I people. miss you, too, buddy. I, and I look forward to seeing yeah. you hopefully again one time someplace soon. Yeah, it's great. All right. Well, Mike, thanks so much. You bet. Gene Glenn, nice enough to join us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 